is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. How you doing, Brian? I am so good, Christine. It is another Friday yeah. at the Jersey Shore. Spring is coming, hopefully soon. I'm, you know what? We need more winter. We got to go north of the border. Oh, true. Yeah. That's true. Well, for more today. More winter, just for today. Today. For the, and then it can this, warm up. At least this hour. Yeah. So much is going on. So, uh, I mean, we have an amazing guest today. I love him. Mr. Paul Landini coming to us. From outside Toronto, Canada. <laughs> we love our Canadian friends. I, honestly, I always, they never disappoint. Always great spirit, always great energy, and, uh, you know, always great talking about fitness with them because they, they're dialed in. They've got it, uh, uh, they've got, they've got it going on. I wonder how many Canadians we've had on the show. A bunch. Like, are we like, we're like honorary Canadians. No, I feel like we should get a just Canadian gonna, card. Well, like when we go to the border, they're just going to wave us on through. Yeah, they're like Norm. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have a, they'll have like a drink and something ready for us to eat. We've been awaiting you. Oh my gosh! Welcome. Oh man! So Paul is actually a personal trainer and strength training coach, and he has been in the fitness industry for quite a while. And he is, I love his story and I love his insight on just how he came about with his business and going in full time and the the hard skills versus the soft skills. And it's interesting because we're talking about fitness, but I always think we can be talking about anything. Anything. That's right. Any business, any entrepreneur, any person who is out there trying to make it, whatever that it is. And he really we'll talk about being fulfilled in your life. And he said something about, you know, it, the fulfillment in your life has to come from somewhere. I love that. And he <laughs> talks about like a little bit of mindset, like how he's, you know, maybe not mindset for this. And I'm like, well, everything that just came out of your mouth is all mindset. Right. The purpose. And, and with that, the process, you know, when we get into a lot of this stuff that the, the industry is almost irrelevant when you have the purpose and then the process, mm -hmm. and then how you go about it. He's a journalist. I love that. Yeah. What is it? The the Globe and Mail? Is that what it's called? I think so. Um. So he, what I think is really interesting, you're going to hear is, you know, through his writing, through him putting himself out there, he gets people responding to him and literally gets clients because of these other things that he loves. And I think sometimes in a fitness industry or any industry, you forget that, Yes, there's a job that you do, but what happens and how successful you are sometimes is not what happens when you're actually doing the work, but what you're doing outside of the office or the room or it's like they say, um, you know, what are sports that you should play that are, you're going to be really useful in business? Golf. Right. Like yeah. golf, tennis, like what these are things that, you know, deals get done 
on the golf course or how many times people are like, well, Christine, how did you do it? I'm like, every time I traveled to a conference, I would go and talk to all the presenters and I would have that glass of wine at the thing and sit down and have meaningful conversations with people about not fitness. Right. Everything but. It, I just think that was the most powerful. Th- that's a great lesson that I learned anyway. That- yeah. No, absolutely. And and uh, and look, Paul's Paul's he's awesome. He's a, he's a, uh He's he's very well thought out, and he's got you know, uh, and he's also well schooled in the fitness industry, and 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 you know ways to motivate people and ways to include people, right? I guess is that the being inclusive of people, you know? I think that they we we talk about a little bit at the end about how horribly horrible a job the fitness industry has done in marketing itself to the people that need it the most, which is the you know the sick and the suffering and the people, you know, it's not the fit people. They're going to work mm-hmm. out already, and that's what all the target in the marketing, uh, you know, goes towards. And uh, you know, I, I I just think that Paul is just a dude who gets it, right? And we love people that get it. He's got a great mustache. <laughs> he's plant based, right? And and he's very entertaining. He's great. So, with that said, Christine, let's get to this one. Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone Podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Another awesome podcast day, Brian. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, Christine. I am excited today. Welcome, oh. Mr. Paul Landini. How are you? I am pretty good. I'm, uh, you know, I was a little up, maybe a little bit too optimistic yesterday. We had like some sunshine and about uh, five, six degree weather, and now it's snowing again. So. Oh. It's, uh, you know, March has kind of thrown me for a loop here, but, you know, I'm maintaining a positive um, disposition, you know, spring will come. And listeners, it's just a matter of weeks. Yeah, if, if the listeners didn't pick up um, your accent yet or <laughs> pick up that you are not located in Hawaii, <laughs> Florida, or I Australia, Hawaii. I live... I live uh, just outside of Toronto in uh, Canada. So when I say, uh, yeah, five or six degrees Celsius, which I have no idea what that converts to mm-hmm. in um, Fahrenheit world. But yeah, it's, cold. it's snowing, it's cold, and I need spring and summer to come. That's all. Mm-hmm. But hey. I, I tell you what, Paul, it always comes year after year. It does. It, it always arrives. <laughs> we're not, not, maybe not when we're ready for it, but uh, yeah. that's life, you know? It was... It was what seventy degrees here last week, and then the next day it was twenty. I'm like, what? Mm. What is happening? It's always like that, you know. Right. March is like, hey. Well, the only reason be- I really harp, you know, even care about this is I do like ninety five percent of my fitness outside whenever I can. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm dying to get outside and find, uh, you know, get on some pull up bars and monkey bars, and uh, you know work out outside in the sunshine rather than inside of the gym, which gyms are great, but you know, after a long winter, I like to get outside. 
I I'm with you. So ninety five percent. So I mean, how what uh, you know you do get some extreme weather up there. What do you do in the winter? Mostly gym. Well, let's say sorry. I should say ninety five percent when the weather during the spring, summer, right, fall right, right. times. During the winter, I'm inside. <laughs> but outside during the more hospitable seasons, yeah, I'm usually outside doing stuff out there. I mean, it's just it's uh, when the pandemic hit. Um, like everyone else, we had to kind of change how we exercised. And I was already, I was coming out of a pretty heavy uh, lifting cycle and I felt kind of crappy. So I was like, well, let's just spend this next month uh, outside in the backyard doing stuff there. And it just, it stuck. And I haven't really uh, returned to the gym since. The other day I did a deadlift with a barbell for the first time in two years. And I was like, ooh, there we go. This is a different set of muscle groups, a different you, group of muscles. You need that, though. You know, every once in a while, you know, you get – you go through the, the the waves and you kind of ride them as they come and, and, uh, and you, you definitely – you need that. You know, you need to kind of be away from it so that when you do that deadlift, because deadlifts are good, uh, that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, hey, old friend, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I love – and it reminds me, too, how much I love lifting, you know? You – uh get reacquainted and a bit of time off sometimes uh stokes that little fire inside of you and i'm you know so i think i'm heading back into a bit of a lifting cycle now but there you go so let's get into this um paul before i was talking to brian before and i'm like brian you're gonna love paul i'm like (laughs) he's fitness he's got a mustache (laughs) and he is plant-based like the, all of these things are true. The mustache is, fair, is the newest of the of the of the three factors. There, it's it was also a pandemic project um, <laughs> that's just stuck. So, what do you mean a pandemic project? Yeah. What like? Let's expand on this. It was just something to do. You know, I mean, we all lost. You know, we get so bored having. I mean, how many times can you watch the same shows over again? And you know, um, I don't know. We I needed something to do. So I decided to just grow a mustache, and I, there you go. I've done, yeah. I've had the Brian mustache in the year. pandemic. I've I've had that. <laughs> I did. Um, I had a. I knew like two weeks into the you know last you know two years ago last March, I was like, I'm gonna need a mohawk at some point for this, and you know it was like we're locked down. I'm like, I, I'm just gonna need a mohawk. So I had the mohawk for a while. Now it's long as shit. But you you get a you have a mustache every year for November. Yeah, mm. I like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like a mustache just uh, any time though. And then, and then Brian shaves and like chops or like whatever, and walk in, and I'm like, it's, wow, like that's, you said, it's you that's know. uh different. That's that's. Well, new. I find as a personal <laughs> trainer having this uh, having this aesthetic gives me a bit more of an air of authority. My clients listen to me a little more when I have a mustache. Mm. <laughs> mm, yeah. So maybe it's like it harkens back to old like phys ed. Back in the day, the whistle, you know, the stopwatch, the short mm-hmm. shorts, um, you know, bringing back that aesthetic. Very that's, like that's, Tom that's, Selleck. That's right. Listen here. Well, tip of a hat to the king there. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Amazing. So let's get into this. Let's get into what you're doing. You are, again, you're in, you're in Canada. And mm-hmm. what's the deal? How did you get into fitness? Was this always something that you loved did you go right into i'm gonna do this for my life or what was it yeah. uh i don't know if you guys are you familiar with the comedian uh, mark Marin? yeah mm-hmm. absolutely he's great got podcaster. this great bit um yeah he's got a great awesome podcast hilarious stand-up he's got this uh, netflix special um 
uh, and there's a specific bit in the in the special where he talks about his per- personal trainers and how he's like, you know, no offense to personal trainers, but like, you know, no one starts off wanting to be a personal trainer in life. No one's like, you know, I'm going to be a gym. You're just you were at the gym. You're a gym guy. Maybe you were a, a high school athlete. Life didn't go the way you wanted it. And now you're like, shit, let's just become a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my road is a little bit like that in a sense where it's like fitness has always been in my life one way or another. Like I grew up uh, in the in the 80s when, you know, phys ed was still a thing. Um, and, you know, we had that old school approach of, of phys ed where we were doing laps. We were doing push-ups. Uh, you know, it was um, – and I had a lot of friends who were very – I'm not the most athletically inclined guy, but a lot of my friends were. So I was just always playing sports with them. And over the years, I just, you know, developed, you know, this uh, specific set of skills, I suppose, that (laughs) has carried me through the years. And then I got really heavily into martial arts and boxing uh, when I was a teenager, uh, deep into my 20s. And then as I was doing all that, I realized I needed to actually income. So I just took an office job. I was I mean, I went to journalism school at a high school. Um, and I wanted to just write about boxing. That was my whole thing. I love boxing. And boxing was just uh, my, my I, I didn't I knew I was never going to be good enough to be a fighter, <laughs> but I figured I could write about the fighting. Um, so I was, uh, you know, dabbling in journalism uh, here and there. But mostly I just I had an office job and I was working that and uh, training martial arts pretty seriously. And then I started teaching martial arts, uh, you know, jujitsu, kickboxing, boxing. Um, and from there. I started just re-seeing this path, this other path that laid ahead of me. You know, the teaching, like the instructing was just something I was doing to help out the owner of the gym. He was a buddy of mine um, who needed some extra help. So I figured, you know, why not? Let's give it a shot. And then it was my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend. Uh, she realized that when I was coming home from the gym doing the, you know, this volunteer job, essentially, I was in a way better mood than when I was coming home from the office. So... It was her. She pointed me down this path. She's like, maybe you should be going that way. So I uh, decided to investigate what options existed. So I, you know, I quit my job. I decided to go all in. I, I found a program at here in Canada. We have uh, this uh, Humber College. It's a great college. Like, you know, I guess a community college level um, education at post-secondary. So it's, you know, two-year diploma, uh, fitness and health promotion. I quit my job. I threw everything into that. And I uh, studied my butt off for the first time in my life, really, you know, <laughs> I never really cared about school much when I was in high school. I was a pretty big slacker. But then this was something I loved. And it just uh, it, it, it hit me in a way that I've never really been hit before in terms of that desire to succeed, you know. And uh, from there, it's just been seven years now, I guess, of uh, you know, graduated from that program, got an internship at a really fantastic gym in Toronto called Bang Fitness. Uh, a guy named Jeff Gervitz runs that, uh, kind of, uh, you know, a little uh, a Buddha of sorts, I like to think. He's a very smart, learned individual who taught me a hell of a lot of stuff. And then I uh, ended up getting a job at the a YMCA in Toronto, a uh, very large YMCA. We had like 12,000 members or so, and it was... Um, I was just a trainer. I worked my way up from just being the, you know, basic trainer, um, you know, part-time taking some group classes uh, when, when they showed up training people that they uh, small group of clients. And then from there, I ended up running the whole department, worked there for about a year, running the personal training department and realizing that um, running a department is very different than doing the job itself. 
you know, it's like being a principal versus being a teacher, very different jobs. Uh, I realized I was better at being a trainer than a administ- an administrator. So I left that job, started my own practice and haven't looked back. And that brings us here. What's the name of your practice? I keep it pretty simple. Uh, Paul Landini, personal strength training. There you go. That's all it is. You know, I haven't really, it's just me. So, you know, I figured why not, uh, you know, put my own name on the line. (laughs) It's awesome. I I can relate to a lot of it, man. Uh, You you know, right on, you know, a lot of it. I, I was, I was in mortgage banking for a while and, you know, always fit and always running and always, you know, doing, uh, doing my thing. And, you know, more and more people coming up to me in the in the office saying, "Hey, what can I do for this? And what can I do to that? You know, I want to eat better. What should I do?" And you know, and and uh, here I am, you know, with clients like in the office, and uh, you know, so I quit too. I went and I got yeah. and, and we had a, a community college degree here. It's a slightly different than that. It's not a two year program, but um, you know, thorough, uh, thorough fitness, you know, cert, more thorough than uh, buying the book and studying, you know, self study for sure. And, uh, and that's it, you know, you just kind of keep it, keep it moving forward and hell of a lot happier coming home from the office, the the quote unquote (laughs) office, uh, nowadays for sure. I was just, well, it was fascinating. I mean, the thing that I, I, it was, I realized I was doing all all the stuff that you need to do to succeed in any job. Like this typically happens outside of the working hours, you know, it's the coming home, following up with clients, uh, the self-education components, like it's the stuff, you you know, when we're at work, that's, that's more of, you know, demonstrating the skills that we have. It's, you get better at the job I, by, pursue, you know, learning outside of the hours of the work. And I realized when I was in this office gig, every single spare moment I had was just, I'd be online. I'm just learning about exercises. I'd be like, you know, I discovered, I, I'd be on just YouTube watching, you know, this is when I first started discovering stuff like West Side and that sort of powerlifting style which was pretty, you know, it wasn't really as mainstream as it is now, you know, like maybe mid 2000s. Um, and, you know, like, holy shit, what is this stuff? You know, I never, and then you're, I was just consumed with it in a way that I, it was very similar to when I first discovered boxing when I was in high school. I would just be up all night reading about uh, all the great champions throughout history and just try to commit the lineage of the heavyweight title to memory. That yeah. was my big goal. <laughs> I needed to know every single champion from John L. Sullivan mm-hmm. up to uh, Lennox Lewis at the time was the champ. But right. it was, uh, yeah, and that's uh, those are the things we have to pay attention to in life. Like if that's where your energy is coming from, that stokes you, then what the hell are you doing not following that? Absolutely. I, I was yeah, going to say. It's made it, uh, I mean, I love this job. It's This is the, it's, uh, you know, it's, I've always been a bit, like I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, Gen X kind of, Grew up in the grunge era, slacker kind of rules. Uh, and I, I've always thought of work as being a bit of a kind of a, a nuisance of sorts, like something you have to do just because, you know, while life happens. And now it's, you know, it's like such a cliche, but I like, I absolutely love this job. It's amazing. Like it's, you get to hang out with people for an hour at a time that you really like. Like I'm going to work after this. I got three clients next and I'm stoked. <laughs> so many, you know, I call them kids. So many kids our age, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I really find just doing that now. They're dropping what they're doing and they're like, I love doing this, whatever it is, you know, and, and, and just being that. And the way that the marketplace is and internet and, and all that, I mean, you could really do it. Um, you know, if you have an interest of something that, you know, you're just – 
killing time at work all day just until you can get back to mm-hmm. the passion. Uh, I, I, I've just seen so many people. I mean, just friends of mine in different industries and, and all these things. They're just doing, you know, like just anything, like the stuff that excites them. And, uh, you know, it's like I, 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 have, I have two, like, things that I do. It has to be meaningful and it has to be fun. Right. If it's not meaningful or fun, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out. Um, and, you know, and more and more and more, I see people following that. And, you know, it's the Gen Xer, it's the Grungers, it's the one they're like, you know, <laughs> I'm not working for the man, uh, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, good for you. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, some people think it's unreasonable to expect that, that like, that fun. Like, I mean, not everything's going to be 100% fun, but it's like, hey, I got to do my taxes this weekend. Kind of going to be, I'm, I'm a little bit excited. I mean, I'm like, ooh, spreadsheets. I don't know. Find the fun somewhere. Right. You can't just go, you know, it has to be, there has to be an element of, of joy in what you're doing or else that's when you come home afterwards and then one beer turns into four, you know, uh, and then you're shoving, you know, you're, you're trying to compensate, get that dopamine coming some other way, <laughs> put sugary foods and just, you know, uh, be, you know, lazing on the couch and doing things that are less you know, there's always a time and a place for that stuff. Not everything, again, has to be, you know, 100% fun all the time. Not everything has to be a chore. But, um, yeah, it's it's just the, the, you have to find the path in life that makes sense to you. And this has been the one that uh, I, I'm never leaving this as far as I can see. This is it. I had a conversation the other day with – I forgot who. And they were like, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, different fitness professionals at this point. And, you know, many people are still, well, I'm, I, you know, I love fitness, but I, you know, I still have this job and, and I love fitness. And, and I, I was thinking back to Shark Tank, right? Where mm-hmm. someone comes and they pitch this something, they pitch this new product or this new thing and the sharks turn to them and say, okay, well, are you 100% working for your own, you know, company right now, your own product? And they're like, well, I still kind of work on my full-time job and then I do this and they're like, yeah, we're out. And mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting because those of us in the fitness industry, I call it the business of fitness, have made it work when we're all in. And I think it's interesting, you know, like for someone like you, you could have easily been like, all right, well, I really enjoy, you know, fitness and training people, but you know what, I'm just going to stay in this job because this is what I'm supposed to do or mm-hmm. this is what is, you know, comfortable and whatnot. And, and I did it. I was banking and then teaching. And literally I would be like, all right, kids, um, take 10 minutes and blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, I'm at my desk writing workouts. Like I'm like, and oh, that yeah, was what I loved. <laughs> I loved yeah. planning and working out and writing fitness courses. Like I did not want to write another curriculum for English or for school, but I could sit for hours, like all night long. Even now I get in trouble and Michael's like, Christina, it's eight fifteen. You need to shut your computer. And I'm like, but, but, but because I love it. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's your passion. And you know, is that, I mean, what is your, what is your magic that you would tell people, you know, I know you're passionate, but I mean, you could be passionate and still not have that ability to make this your full-time thing totally you know and it's what you mentioned before about the you know the all-in aspect it's um you know i i think you can you you can definitely have side passions projects these side gigs and they don't have to they don't have to be you know consume your entire life and you can still make some headway there 
Um, and I think fitness, the, the fitness business is one of those uh, very compatible with that idea. You know, you can, you can do this on the weekend. You can be a, you know, a group fitness instructor at the local gym. Um, you know, you could just do this in the evenings. You know, it's not that hard to get a, uh, you know, I have an online uh, application. I put, every Sunday I put together programs for people. I send out the programs to the people that work on my online, online program. It doesn't take up a lot of time. I could easily do that for the rest of my life. But it's what do you do with the rest of your time? You know, like, what is it like, as long as you're getting that, as long as you're feeling fulfilled, that's what I think is like the fulfillment in your life has to come from somewhere. Um, and if it's not coming from your day job, well, hopefully it's coming from your side gig. And if it, a side gig is giving you that, that fulfillment, then what is the benefit of the day job? Hopefully it's paying you a hell of a lot of money or <laughs> something, you know, there's has to be something to like the fear f- factor is a big one. A lot of people are afraid to step out of that standard sort of pathway that, you know, you go to school, graduate, get the job. There you go. 50 years go by, you're done. Um, and it can be scary at first heading out on your own. Um, you know, I, that's why I stuck with, like, I had my job with the Y for a while. Uh, it was probably about three or four years, maybe five years before I fully left and started my own business. But it was still under the same banner, you know, the same umbrella of fitness. My full-time secure job was still filling that or, uh, you know, fulfilling that passion of mine or that need of mine to be in this industry. So it, it could be a challenge for sure for some people. But I think the all-in aspect, it's very important because you're never going to get anywhere with half measures, you know? And I mean, my all in looked a little different because I, I went all in into the industry, but I didn't go all in into my business, you know? Like I still kept a bit of a, a safety net with this, with a, with a full-time job from someone else who was paying me. Um, and then it took a few years to really build the confidence and to the knowledge. And the, the client base is, you know, is one thing, but it's, it's the confidence and the knowledge to know that you could charge the appropriate amount to give yourself the living that you need. You know, like I don't charge 25 bucks a session and, you know, I'm like, you know, $8,500 a session. I can make a living off this, but I also have the skills to back that up. Like I'm not going to, you no one has ever finished a session with me and been like, what the, f- that's what I paid for, <laughs> you know? And it's not like I'm the best on earth, uh, far from it, but I have the ability and I'm the confidence when I deliver these workouts, when I'm talking to my clients, if we need to deviate off the plan, I can do that very easily. You know, I, I have, I am not so like, it's not like I'm stuck with this program card. And if you show up with a bad knee, I'm like, oh my God, my carefully crafted workout. It's now at the window. Like, you know, that's not how, like, you have to have the experience and the confidence in yourself to know that you can do this in any field. And then once that's there, well, you know, it, it, Stick with it. Yeah, you just got to stick with it, and eventually the business will come. I mean, I was pretty fortunate to land a a, a gig with the Globe and Mail. It's kind of like the uh, the New York Times of, of Canada, sort of. It's our national kind of um, you know prestige newspaper. Sure. Um, so I've been writing for them. I got a, I got I was, I was fortunate that um, I was able to parlay my earlier training as a journalist into a job with these guys. So you know, I'm able to write for them about fitness and, and you know, I'm, I'm able to broadcast this to a large audience and I get a lot of clients who have varying abilities. So I've been able to work with a whole bunch of different clients over the last five, six years, wide range of abilities, wide range of ages. And I, I you know, nothing really phases me anymore. You know, like I've been able to just, just broaden a skill set here that makes it so that this is never, you know, every day is fulfilling and every day is a little different, but then at the same time, it's uh, you know I'm still driving the car. I'm still the one in charge. So, you know it's been uh, it's been pretty I've been pretty lucky. 
I think. I mean, you know, it's some people end up do, going down these roads, throwing their, you know, everything into one direction and it doesn't work. And, uh, you know, thankfully, knock on wood, it's uh, this is still working. See, I don't think it's luck because I, I, was gonna say I really don't think it's luck. And that's. Yeah, I mean, as I hate to say it to sound like I'm really old, but I'm like, you know, now <laughs> that I'm older and I've it, I, everyone that talks about luck, it's like you you create your own luck. Yeah, and well, it benefits mm-hmm. the hardworking. When, when I graduated high school, Mr. Malazchek gave us gave <laughs> our speech. All right. Shout out. He he actually coached track and he wore his pants up to his like ah. we used to call Mr. Malaz pants. Great teacher, mm-hmm. though. Great teacher. Amazing person. And he gave our speech and he said, you know, he, he addressed our class and said, you know, I am not wishing any of you luck in the future. You don't need it. You have you have the ability to create, you know, the mm-hmm. life that you want. So don't you know, don't be upset, but I am not wishing you luck. And yeah. I always remember it's like, that. Luck is like that idea. It's like it's it's timing. Brian, you just mentioned it's like it's like hard work and timing together is the product. That's what luck is. It's like you create your own luck, Absolutely. obviously through your work and your effort. But it's like it, there has and then sometimes there's that magic timing where you meet the right person mm-hmm. at the, you know, the right class, the right connection comes your way. But, yeah, you're totally right. It's this idea of sitting back and waiting for things to happen. It's um, it's really it, it, it's, it's a pretty destructive uh mindset i suppose like you have to be able to you you have to know what you want out of life and your career and drive at that as with 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 as much focus as you can and then you'll have all the luck in the world yeah it's like everything where you are right now is is just an extension of everything that you've done prior right for better or worse Mm -hmm. and and you know it, you know, you didn't. You didn't just fall. Christina yeah. says you didn't just fall on our podcast, right? You know, or you, 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 um, you know, you didn't just fall into the situation you're in right now. You've created it, and and you've, you know, <laughs> and and some of it without knowing, you know, some of it with, you know, a, 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 a you know, a course uh, that you've mapped out for yourself and precision and thinking and and, and all, you know, all the nonsense, I guess, you know, course. but because well, is there a book? No, of course, a, a course like a path. Following a, a book, a course, rule book. Rule book. Now the rule book is we what you mentioned. It. Is what you mentioned before. You know, the playbook is is ah. what you mentioned before, which is you know, high school, college, career, fifty years, retire. You know, house by the lake. Uh, and, right. You know, hopefully. And where's that playbook these days? You know, ah. like what? Like sometimes this is the thing is that we can't always expect to follow these rules because they change all the time <laughs> you know like well, how often what is what that is no longer a viable option for so many people that kind of lifestyle and you know you think of kids today who are now making these decisions of what they want to do with their life uh it's very it's a, it, it, thank god i'm so happy i'm not a teenager right now <laughs> thank <laughs> you so the challenges and the changing world and the future that they have to navigate it's such a different uh different different prospect than you know 1998 when i finished when mm-hmm. i graduated high school i was like all right cool like you know, this is the, 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 the traditional job paths still existed. You could still buy a house that yeah. didn't cost a million dollars. I don't know what this what it's like down in uh, where you guys live, but I mean, a mess. everything is a million dollars here now. Right. Every every single house in Canada, if you want to buy it right now, no matter what little small town is, you know, that's what you have to pay. And it's like it, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's it, what are kids? What are you supposed to do with your life in that if that's the path that's ahead of you? It's very 
I don't know. My, my uh, son, my son's luck, lucky that there's some luck there. The luck that we were, that I was born when I was born, I guess. There you go. <laughs> my son's 13 and, uh, actually our, our, our kids go to, go to school together, Christine and I, and, uh, they're in the same grade even. And, and the one teacher shout out, Mr. Barth, uh, he's fun. He's fun. He's the math teacher. And he says, listen, first day, you know, we're going there for the parent teacher conferences. And he says, you know, the jobs that these kids will have don't exist yet. We don't even know mm-hmm. what they will be. Um, you know, the world's changing. Everything's just moving quickly, quickly, quickly. So he says, um, you know, I'm not I'm not training them for a career. We can't possibly know what that would be. Uh, but problem solving will be part of it. So when they come in mm-hmm. the first day, I'm going to bust out the Connect Four game, right? Connect Four, the old board game. And he says, yeah. and they, uh, he says, and I'm going to beat their butts at it. I'm going to, I'm going to make them have to think about problem solving. A month later, he busts out um, backgammon, and then after that, I think they're into chess now. Oh wow, your child speaks to you. <laughs> yeah, my child speaks to me. Well, we play. I can't wait no, to ask well, he, Alex. Well, here's the deal. My, <sighs> Colin and I play chess all the time now. It's Alex, like, how was your day? Good. Yeah. What'd you do? Good. I said that's not even the correct answer <laughs> to what I just asked. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's it's problem solving. Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. that's things. That's things. That's something that Gen X really freaking good at right because we didn't have it we didn't have it all figured out either you know like it was like cold war was over <laughs> right you know we're into this whole new world we, we had to be resourceful like right. it was it was the type of thing where information you know if you can recall libraries those card catalogs encyclopedias if you wanted to know something you had to put a lot of effort into it and like you patience. could just sit here and argue with your friends and be like you know there was a discussion and it's like oh no this is this if you're arguing facts we didn't have phones to pull up and, uh, you know, Wikipedia, Google to settle the dispute. You know, we had to be very growing. I, I, it, the skill sets that this job, this specific working in the fitness industry calls upon. This is what I love about it is that it's everything. It's a lot of what you just said, Brian, is there's a lot of there's problem solving. There's public speaking. There's that idea of like critical thinking, uh, being able to think fast on your feet, being able to be decisive. These qualities that it's very hard. They're not the type of things you can teach necessarily, but they're the skills that are so very, very, very important. Like if you've ever had to hire anybody, you know, I used to have to hire trainers. And, you know, this job, working with people one-on-one, you need to know what you're doing, yes. But you have to know how to talk to people. You have to be, you have to have a personality that just kind of pours out of you. You don't have to be that. Like I'm an introvert. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand, don't believe me when they get to know me. But like, I don't have this personality that like I, I get very exhausted by energy by by being around people. Like I, at the end of my three hours, four hours working at the gym with people, great. But I come home and I'm done. I'm not fueled. I feel like wiped out. My wife will is the exact opposite. Like we have a party, people are over here, and all the energy of people it just fuels her, fuels her. She's high for the next week. Whereas I get really wiped out by this stuff. And that re- that's something that you have to understand about these kind of w- w- what you're doing with your life too. And these, like, I've been very, you know, when I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the skills that you need to succeed in any job, there's the, there's the hard skills. Yes. Can you type? Can you cue a squat? Can you do all this stuff? But then the soft skills that actually keep you there, that make you a good employee, that make you a great colleague that make you uh, people want to work out with you. That's the stuff that you can't really teach necessarily. It's just, it's the experience and it's almost like a natural just extension of your personality, I guess. Um, 
There's so much to yeah, it. And that's, <laughs> that's just the, that that's the thing. This is again, why I love this job so much is that if, if there's so many boxes, it ticks off in terms of the fulfillment I get out of it. Like I get to express myself, but I also get to work with people and help people. So, you know, there's a bit of a selfishness in there as well. I liked. All right. So this whole conversation is pretty amazing and it all goes back to listen I mean, every single job that's out there has different skill sets. And when we, you know, if there's fitness professionals right now listening to this, which there are, and, you know, people that are into, you know, fitness and wellness and want to hire someone and, and trainers, that this is really important to remember that the most successful people that are out there, and Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, have you know, or, or that have made it, put it that way, quote unquote, made it, have some sort of other skills that they bring to the table. There's something, like you said, with writing, okay, it, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, Brian and I have a podcast. Like, we have our hands in a whole bunch of different pots. People know us because we put ourselves out there and they will call upon us for different things, right? They know what we do and what we're good at. And... That doesn't happen unless we have those other things about us. Like you're, like you write, like you mm-hmm. have that ability to get out on that big platform where, you know, I always think to myself, like, why isn't this something that people just naturally know? Like, you, yeah, like, you know, I get it. You, you passed the certification, but, but what else? Like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. you're like, good at math. And it's what else? To like, there's so many options now too for expressing that other that what you say podcast i don't have a podcast i have a column that i write but it's the same idea we're getting we're we're putting our knowledge on display we're getting involved in our community we're getting involved in our industry in a way that's outside of just the training room outside of the gym like you know you it it could be videos hey maybe you want to be a youtube uh you know have you have a youtube channel you can do that slack or slack what's that other tiktok you can do all these other there's other avenues now to really market yourself and to get your name out there and to showcase your knowledge before people buy it i mean that's what i think of my this the writing work i do the column i have it's a way to let people who maybe are kicking the tires a bit on the person on this fitness stuff and then they read a column right they're like oh that sounds pretty cool that's i never thought of it that way before um that makes sense to me. And then you get an email from that person and they, you know, thanks for writing that today. And you write back to them and then a relationship starts. And then six months later, who's the person they email you asking for a program? It's me. You know, that's, I'm in, hopefully I'm at the top of their mind. Like sure. it's, it's a very competitive industry. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there are a lot of trainers. There's a lot of gyms. Um, how you differentiate yourself, you know, it's going to be unique to you, but you know, if you have these writing skills, like I'm fortunate that I've been, I, I love writing. I've been writing my, you know, I've, I've had uh, literary aspirations my whole life, you know, and it's this column that I've been writing has helped me become a better trainer too. You know, when you have to think about like, think about cueing an exercise, you have to be succinct. You can't just tell a person, okay, we're going to squat right now. So what you're going to do is you're going to unlock your ankles and your knees and you're going to drop down and do a deep squat while inhaling. You can't just overload people with endless cueing. You have to be succinct. You have to be direct. And it's the same with writing. I only have a set amount of words. If I'm talking about a specific subject, I have to be direct. I have to be concise and it has to be something that people can get right away or else I'm just wasting time. 
Uh, and it's made me a much better coach over the last uh, few years, being able to just articulate myself in that kind of manner. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been great. It's, uh, it's brought me a lot of clients too. You know, I've had a, a, all over the world. I have managed to get people in this United States and Europe who uh, I coach online. And it's been, you know, all because of just having this writing skill to go along with my training skills. It's awesome. I, I had a kid the other day, a young kid who's new new into the business, and he's got his own gym, uh, Max. Mm-hmm. And and I and I, you know, we were talking about he was like bait, and we were like fish, <laughs> like oh, excellent, oh, you need to do this. No, Ooh. but I, I said to him, I said, <laughs> you know, if if you don't get out, figure out a way to get outside of these four walls that you come to every day and work in every day, which you know is great. He loves his job, he loves what he does, and I love it when I'm in the gym and when I'm in those four walls. That's fine. I said, but if you don't, if you can't figure out how to get outside of those four walls, you're gonna, that's all you'll ever be. That's all. It's the only place you'll you'll ever be. They'll always have to come to mm-hmm. you to find you, and and you know you can, and, and you know like like Christine said, you know the podcast has been great, and some of the you know the panels and things that we go on, you know they're fantastic. Um, you know we've done even stuff up uh, north of the border there for CanFit Pro, which is awesome. Um, you know they're gracious enough to you know and think enough of us to have us. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and he got it, you know, he started writing some stuff down and he's got, you know, it, 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 you know, and it's, and it's really neat. And it was, you know, and it was something that somebody had told me once upon a time, you know, you've got to be able to, you can bury yourself in your work at work. Uh, and that's all it'll ever be. You know, like, you know, think of a sales position that has to, you know, someone has to go to the chamber of commerce meetings. That's where you get business. You know, you got to be outside. You got to talk about everything but work, you know, sometimes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and attract people. Those are the best. Those are the best clients. Those are the best conversations is when, uh, you know, we're doing a little fitness and we're working out and, 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 you know, things are happening, but they, you know, they're talking to me about the kids. They're talking to me about the family. They're talking to me about their work. You know, I love people. I, they're, you know, intriguing mm-hmm. to me. I just want to know more. You know, what, what what's in your world? I want to be in the room. Well, I get a lot That's of it. people who come to me, um, young trainers, similar to uh, Max here with his, you know, you, you start off and they want to go and they're like, okay, they email me. So like, I need to start a blog, I guess, you know, like, how do I get started on this? I'm like, all right, well, why do you need to start a blog? Like, don't I need a blog? I'm like, I don't know. Do you <laughs> like, you know, do you like writing? Not really. Well, then why the hell are you starting a blog? Like, you don't need to do that. You know, maybe you what maybe you what you what are you asking? You're asking about and then you find out they're like they're actually asking, how can I market myself? OK, well, that's a different question. You know, what do you like to do? Like if someone like you, Brian, you talk about how much you like being around you know people, how much you want to be around people. Great. Go out and host free events in your community. That's a good way to market yourself. Go into a park, uh, put up a couple posters around, say have like a kettlebell clinic, uh, you know, uh, every Saturday and just maybe one person shows up and then do it every week for two months. By the last Saturday of the second month, you the, maybe you'll have four or five people. Great. Make it have a little, you know, you don't, it can be free. It can be a drop in, but there's things you can do. It's like, don't write a blog if you don't like writing because it's going to suck and then you're going to look stupid and then no one's going to want to work with you. You know, it's, you have to... It, it, it's, it's this idea, this critical thinking aspect, going back to those soft, those like, I don't know, softer skills or whatever, whatever the title is for that. But it, it's, it's, you have to have a, a, a really honest, an honest look at what your skills are, what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and how you can present that in the most accurate light. Like, I don't blow smoke up people's butts. I'm not, I don't present myself in a false way. 
don't act like you're, you know, I'm not an athletic trainer. If you want to get prepped for a track and field meet, or if you're, you know, uh, have a fight coming up, I'm not somebody, I might not be the best choice for you. I could probably help you, but I work with, I work with the general population. I'm not an athletic trainer. I'm not here to help you. I've never been a competitive athlete. I don't know what that's like. I don't have the mind. I don't know what it's like to tap into that mindset. Uh, So why would I try to coach people that way? You know, you have to be honest with how you present yourself. Um, and always, and if you have a, if you're starting a blog, it'd be like me having a YouTube channel. I would hate that, but, and it would just be phony. Like all my videos would just look like, I look like a caricature. I'd be like, welcome to my podcast. Like it wouldn't work. It would, you know, and then like, well, this is what I have to do. Joe Rogan has a YouTube podcast and he's rich. All right. Well, you know, focus on you, work on you. That's right. Let Joe be Joe. (laughs) For now anyway. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, the the advice about the whole blog thing and whatnot, people are always like, why don't you guys blog? Why isn't this or this? Why isn't the – and I was talking to someone the other day too about – this was someone who you know did a TEDx talk and said, you know, honestly, he's like, I, I've done TEDx. I've done this. He's like, I really don't think it did a lot for my career. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, and I've done this and I've done, you know, all these other things. And – it it really made me think, but it was two things, two parts. Number one was like, that was great that you did it. I said, the second thing is that, well, what are you, what was your goal for doing it? What was it? Did you just do it to check mm-hmm. off a check and put it on your resume for something else? Or is it just, you know, you, you didn't go forward with anything. No one's going to like, like what I'm talking about with, all right, so I wrote a book. If I don't do anything with it, like, all right, I have a book. It's on my right. shelf. Or am I going to hustle and be like, listen, here's what I'm doing now. Here's the, you know, and kind of put it in the forefront of everything. I think that's the same thing with fitness or anything you're doing. If you're not going to put yourself out there and talk about it and market, guess what? You're going to, you're probably going to piss some people off because of your, how, you know, happy and, and, you know, positive and motivational you are. And that's fine. You're not for me. That's great. But if you don't put it out there, no one's no one's going to know and mm-hmm. you're going to miss out on opportunities that you didn't even know were there, which is, which is huge, huge. This is where life gets hard. This is the hard, you know, like it's, <laughs> I think a lot about work and like the pandemic has been really, uh, you know, this is one of the, one of the positives of the last two years is that I've, well, phrases carefully, uh, <laughs> Negative in some ways, but I've been around my wife 24 hours a day for the last two years. <laughs> All right, careful. we don't have any kids. We have two. We have a, a we have a dog. We have a second dog now that we just got uh, last month or two months ago. But you know, it's just been me and Joe, my wife, for the last two years in this house. I work on the living room floor for most of the time doing Zoom sessions. She's at a wall in her office, which is separated by a wall behind me, and she's on her headset doing all her work stuff. And I hear, and I'm like. She is a really hard, a good worker. Like, what do you see when, you know, I'm just listening to her. I'm like, she's very, she's, she's, she has, she's very organized. She follows up on everything. She's just, she's so good at working hard. And when you see what hard is, I was thinking, what does hard work even mean? And it's doing all those things that you don't want to do. That's the hard stuff. It's not like it's toil. It's not physically hard to follow up with clients. It's not physically hard to, you know, uh, maybe spend an extra half hour uh, putting you together your to-do list for tomorrow morning so that you don't wake up 
in a, uh, you know, stressed out state, like it's not physically hard, but the mental focus that it requires and the discipline to just do it consistently, that is the hard work. That's what hard work is. And it took me a while to really figure it out. I've always equated this idea of working hard as being like actively physically, like getting up, going to work, doing the stuff. And it's like, that's usually pretty easy. You know, if you think, especially in an office environment, like half the time, you don't really start working until 1130 and then there's lunch and then you come back from lunch. And then by the time three o'clock comes out, you crack your knuckles and you're in a flow and then you go home. Like <laughs> most of the time, those environments aren't that challenging to navigate. It's it's everything else. It's like, what are the skills you want to learn? What are you going to do with all this thing? Like you said, Christine, you wrote a book. That's hard. Sitting down, doing all that works hard, but even harder is doing something with it afterwards, <laughs> finding, promoting it, finding people to like talk about it with you. And that's the, it, it, this, it, it's a never ending thing. It's not this, you know, it, it, it's not as if, ah, the book is done. And then you yeah. just sit back and count your millions. It's like, no, it never right. ends. And that's the hard part. It's same knowing it's same with fitness. It's not like, you, you know, I work out and now I'm jacked. This is it. I'm now fit for life. No, it's every day. Right. You know, and it's the hard part is the focus and it's the consistency and the discipline of doing the things, you know, you got to do even when you don't want to do them, you know, and that's been a big lesson for me, um, probably the most valuable. And uh, I will give it all uh, the praise to my wife and to uh, the pandemic for that one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice spin, because you started that by saying you spent too much time with her. You know, <laughs> well, I'll praise you. Know, we, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, if you guys having kids, I mean, geez, uh, it's a whole specific set of challenges, too. Like I have all my friends who are parents with young kids. I mean, with schools being closed and having to one of my friends is a reporter, like, you know, investigative reporter. And he's trying to do that work while also teaching his kid math. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> well, I, I have it. I have it even more. My wife is a school teacher. And when the pandemic hit, I saw her working and talk about it. I, I felt like I was watching like, you know, Michael Jordan at my kitchen table <laughs> because the dedication and the work and how, how good she is at her job. It's amazing. Um, and, and, you know, just and seeing it, I always knew it, right? Because you know, I, I go to mm -hmm. I go grocery shop, and then people are like coming up to me and be like, "She's amazing, she's amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, I married her." Um, <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know, but but you you see it, and then you know, my kids being there. I mean, I can't believe it's been two years. What just like, happened? Like March in two years. Of, what like, happened? Like March, April, of 2020. I think today like, is the day. Today is the actual two year anniversary of the it, day of the um, it is pandemic being declared in at least here in Ontario. Yeah. yeah. It is so two yep. years today. Yep, today March 11th was when the uh, like the basketball league, you know, NBA shut down and like all that stuff happened. And I was today. like, "There's no way they'd cancel March Madness. See There's no week. way yeah. they'd cancel <laughs> college basketball." Uh, yeah, and then there's, yeah. that's a that's an expression that's quickly just left my uh, entire vernacular. There's yeah. no way. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's lots of ways <laughs> <laughs> we found. There's it. lots of crazy. The, the, the amount of crazy things that we've seen over the last two years has made me. I'm no longer questioning anything anymore. I mean, it's like we've had to reassess. Like, like I just finished writing an article. Uh, it'll be out Monday, I guess, and it's um talking about stretching. I love stretching. I stretch all the time. I don't think it's, it's not how I warm up. We don't warm up at the beginning of each session with a client by, you know, grabbing the <laughs> knees and, you know, like we're not doing an old school like stretch to get warmed up. But at the end of each session, yeah, we spend five, 10 minutes. We're doing some hamstring forward folds. 
we're doing something, we're breathing deep. And I use that as a time to decompress, help reset the nervous system, get you into that rest and recovery mode, and also help develop some body awareness. Like, so now people can, this is where I'll give you some, you know, teach you what maybe dorsiflexion means, internal rotation. Can you feel that hamstring, that kind of stuff, you know, and that's what I use stretching for. And I love it. But it's also one of those most contentious topics in in training. He talks about training. You're stretching your client. Are you crazy? Do you know it reduces force output? Blah, blah, blah. You're going to, I'm like, well, all right. Well, this is a 65 year old, uh, you know, uh, retiree. She's not Usain Bolt. I don't need to worry about depleting her power output before we get to our workout. But, anyways, like, my whole point is that I started off this call. I'm talking about, I had to come up with an interesting way of presenting it. So I was just like, these battles, these back and forths over the last little while of like how if you don't agree with somebody, you are now just the complete, you are stupid. You are the, the biggest idiot in the world. This guy stretches. Are you kidding? What the hell is this all about? And it's like with the pandemic, we've seen so many people like questioning the most basic fundamental facts like viruses. They exist. Right. <laughs> are you stupid? Are you kidding? <laughs> You're telling me this virus is like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like and you're having conversations with people actually basically flat earth conversations yeah. you're having serious conversations with people who are questioning almost fundamentally universally acknowledged 100 percent truthful scientific you know uh, statements and it, it's it's crazy and it's been like when did i ever think i'd be arguing about the validity of vaccines with my brother my dad my my, my friends like but they did their own research uh, yeah, very yeah exactly you know like i have a do- i have a client who's a doctor we were talking the other day about school and stuff. he was in school for almost 20 years <laughs> exactly 20 years of of eight i think he said 18 years and it's like okay so that compared to five minutes on wikipedia these are the you know this is the these are the people we're arguing with nowadays right it's like people who are experts it's like i've devoted a lot of my life to this so far about learning about fitness and health and i know what i'm talking about or else I'm not talking about it. I don't start talking about Olympic lifting because I don't know anything about Olympic lifting. But whatever I do talk about, I have a fair, I have a pretty high degree of maybe uh, of knowledge about the subject. So maybe you know, listen to me. If you disagree with me, fine. But I'm not stupid. I'm not an idiot. I didn't pull this out of my ha- out of my butt. Like this is stuff that is legitimate. It, it, um, it used anyways. to it used to be politics and religion, right? You keep those off the table yeah. when it comes to now. It's vaccines and, uh, and politics and religion yeah. and nutrition and and exercise and you know. Uh, oh, it's it, it, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite trainers. You might uh, Paul Carter. Are you familiar with Paul Carter? Uh, no. Who is that? He's a big giant dude. He had a program called Lift Run Bang that was pretty popular once upon a time, and he's um. <laughs> hey, like, well, wait, what? <laughs> what was it called? Hey, oh, <laughs> Lift Run Bang. It was a. Uh huh. I'm sure was it was a while ago. But he's he's kind of he, I, I the reason I respect this guy I, I a lot is I he's a hypertrophy guy. He's a bodybuilder, big dude. I'm not at all. I don't even train that way. I don't train my clients that way. Right. But I respect him and I pay attention to a lot of what he does because one, he's very smart, very and he's very self, he's very critical of himself, and he's evolved a, a lot over the last say five, ten years. He went from this kind of like presenting himself anyway in one way as being kind of like your standard meathead bra, you know, big dude. Now he's a lot more introspective, a very um, very positive example of um, uh, of masculinity. Let's say you know he's a big jack dude but he's also very kind very nice very you know sensitive aspect but the thing i love about him is that he posts a ton of great information on instagram he's always posting great videos great uh you know demonstrations of what to do what not to do and that 
And it's like constantly, 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 he's like, he'll put an asterisk. I'm talking about hypertrophy training. Talk about it. And then nine times, it, well, you think you're going to win a powerlifting competition doing hamstring curls before? Like it, Everyone is just chirping at him. So many people are in the comments just questioning this guy directly. Are you stupid? That's not a way to build <laughs> flexibility in your hands. He's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm a hypertrophy guy. This is my whole existence. It even says in my, like, you know, bio. He's constantly – and you constantly get people criticizing you and ca- calling you out no matter how much this person knows. He knows a ton. He's a very smart guy. Listen to him. Don't just, like, go on the comment section to prove what you know. It's very annoying, and it's like um, it has to be so frustrating for people who put themselves out in this arena. Like I'm a, I have a pretty small platform, and I still get called out constantly for just the dumbest stuff. Like I'll write a specific article about, you know, uh, 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 the headline will be very, you know, like like five ways to train the glutes, and then the first thing in the comments is like. What about the hamstrings? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, next, uh, next call. Next, next, next that would be next week. that would be six, sweetheart. Okay, yeah. it wasn't the six ways, and that's not the right Different thing we're talking article. about. Next chapter. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it's, it's just it, it, it's it's this. There's this, you know, and I, it gives me more more respect for people who do put themselves out there and do publish something, and realizing how the courage it takes to actually. You know, publish a book with your thoughts and your views on how things are done. Because someone's going to pick that up and go, who the hell is this person? What does she know? She's Always. an idiot. It's gonna, hot you know. garbage. That's what we talk yeah. about. There's going to be – writing a book is like some people will like it and some people will think it's hot garbage. And you have to be okay with that. And I think yeah. honestly, I think that's my new thing in life. Like listen to garbage. <laughs> some people are going to like you and some people are going to think you're hot garbage. And that's fine. Hey. So you know what? I love that term. How could we use that in, in different? It, 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 so it's like we're. You know, I, I'm going to try to incorporate that into my uh, my lexicon more often now. It's a good one. You also, and I also think that lift, run, bang is in the wrong order. It's lift, bang, bang, and then run, and get out of there. So right. like, I just think that might be in the wrong order. But that's maybe a, just a Jersey thing at this point. But that's just fantastic. That's great marketing for him. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a that's a good example too of how of longevity and like the kind of curse. Like, I think of like musicians or artists too who like early in their career maybe put out a specific record when they're seventeen, and then they're still going twenty five years later. Right? People are like play that song. It's like, oh god, that yeah. one I wrote when I was seventeen. Like, I'm a completely different human now. Like, that's I don't relate to that. And like, if you were to put out this, you know, specific trader created a program when he was in his twenties, maybe once upon a time, fifteen years later, it's like. I stand by a lot of the application, perhaps, but maybe I shouldn't have marketed it that way, you know? Exactly. Uh, I don't know. It's the, it's the, and that's one of the other curses of this modern age, too, is that nothing disappears, right? Like, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, you could easily transition from one sort of uh, niche to another, and nobody would really maybe notice that, oh, five years ago, 10 years ago, you were all about that. Now you're all about this. Whereas now it's like, you know, do a Google search, and it's like everybody's past is out there right in front of you so if yeah, you were the that's... guy who once upon a time was like mr carnivore diet and now you're like well plant-based is the way to go yeah you can't change like, your mind i was gonna say that's better. why we change our looks i mean my hair color changed you got a mustache brian's constantly yeah. transforming himself strong you know yeah so we do. i had to update my website the other day i realized like before about i've only been shaving my head and growing this and displaying this mustache for about two years if that, it would be two and a half years. And I realized all the pictures that I've been using on my website 
and in social in the world where like I had a head of hair combed back and I was like, you know, a completely different looking person. <laughs> so realized I had to do some, uh, some uh, maintenance there on the website and the social media. Paul, Especially because I was coming on here and I figured that right. people would then maybe come mm-hmm. visit my website after. So, Look, well, what, did, what did Muhammad Ali say? He said, uh, if you, if you see the world in the same way at 50, then you did at 25, then you wasted 25 years. Oh yeah. 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 I love that. That's, uh, I mean, it's total, it's it, total truth. Yeah. Let me ask you that now that we're on the topic. Uh, you, you, you get a book deal. You got to write a book on a boxer, favorite boxer. Who are you writing it on? Oh, I love, um, Henry Armstrong. I don't know if you remember uh, old school Hurricane Henry, okay. Hurricane Hank, um, Sugar Ray Robinson. Loved yeah. him. I mean, we're going old school here. Yeah. More modern. Um, I, where now I live in Kitchener, Ontario, which was also the um, where uh, Lennox Lewis, the great champion, right. where he uh, learned applied his craft and uh, learned how to fight when he won. I think gold medal for Canada. So underrated. I mean, people don't give him the credit for what it is. I guess maybe because he, you know, he wasn't Tyson and he was, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, coming off, off the, the tail end of that. But he was a great champ. Well, and it's also, it's like, I was watching, I have this thing, uh, and maybe it's because I haven't seen live music or live sport in events in, for a while now. I just, when I, when I have my downtime, I go on YouTube and just watch like, old boxing matches, old highlights. Like lately I've been just watching home runs. I've just been watching <laughs> old night, like Barry Bonds, just smacking home runs. And right. just, you know. uh, but I've been watching a lot of old boxing clips and like, it's not as if Lewis wasn't a, a power puncher. I mean, the guy had a right hand, like a hammer, man. He was, he would not, he, that knockout of Haseem Rahman when he won the, right. the, the, the belt back. I mean, that right hand was just murderous. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because he's British. The accent puts Americans off. They think it's a little too posh. It, it wasn't but, flashy. Yeah, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. It wasn't flashy. He was just like yeah. very just methodical. And, 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 you know, when you were in there, it was like, you know, he was almost like an office worker in there. Whereas, you know, some of the yeah, other dudes were like line life. workers, you know. And I always loved, I mean, like, I, I, I love Mike Tyson. He was one of my favorites, too. I the mean, best. just, you know, he was impossible to not as a child to like, get soaked up in that, uh, you yeah, know, the mystique and the aura. Just but a gladiator. I think my favorite fighter of all time was uh, Arturo Gatti. Oh, yeah. If you remember. Jersey uh, guy. Arturo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's from New Canadian, Jersey. Uh, the pride of Montreal uh, and Jersey. Yeah, and he, you know. Jersey City. Yeah. Fought out of there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, those those yeah, him and uh, Mickey Ward, the best fights I've yeah, ever seen. Maybe I still watch. Uh, I watch the first fight, the first Ward uh, Gaddy fight every year. I try to watch it at least once a year. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. All right. So I want to know right now, what uh, what what are your goals? What's going on for uh, the rest of this year, twenty twenty three? What I like to I like to think of you know dream mm-hmm. big. What's what is it? What's your uh, What's your ultimate? My goals. Well, right now I'm trying to build up an Instagram following in a in a way that makes in a legitimate kind of organic way. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to use it for one thing. <laughs> I was I spent the last couple of years figuring out what to do with my Instagram. And I know there's a for, you know, you, if you watch the people who are really good at it, you can see it's in the fitness world. I'm talking strictly under under the umbrella of fitness trainers. You know, you can see how it is. It's like I get how to post, you know, what kind of posts are going to work, what kind of posts people respond to, the instructional stuff, you know. Um, but I, I see I, I am, I'm terrible at it. I almost always just end up posting pictures of my dogs. Um, <laughs> there are a lot I'll of dog pictures. pictures. There are. Yeah, I have a lot. I, I mean, you know, and I have a hard time just like finding, okay, let's set up the tripod. Let's get the camera going. 
uh, I don't know. I, I should be doing more on Instagram. And that's my big goal for the rest of this year is to like, I want to get, I was speaking to an agent about uh, writing a book, the, you know, the, the prospects of putting a book together. And he is suggested, he's like, okay, well, the way the publishing world works nowadays, you have to have an, you have to have a social following. You know, the first thing that anybody sees is what's their, what's their platform. So um, and I, mine is admittedly quite small by the, you know, because I had this globe and mail column, I've never really needed to have a lot of social media because they do it for me. Every time a column's out, it gets spread out through all their channels. It's on their website. It's, you know, physical papers get delivered to people's houses and I get clients that way. You know, it's always worked. So I've never had to devote time to it for my business as in terms of gaining business. But now that this, um, uh, agent, this literary agent, he's like, you know, I think we could do something. This could work, but you got to have some sort of following. So I need to, I'm trying to get up a goal. Maybe, you know, I'm going to aim aim low here, thousand first, then maybe 5,000 followers aim for that and start to really treat Instagram seriously is rather than just a place to, um, you know, check in and just kind of post some goofy stuff every now and then, like use it as a real teaching tool, which it can be great for, you know, I've learned a lot from that over the years with some uh, really smart traders who are um, pretty savvy. So that's number one is, uh, you know, really developing a legit platform. So when people come to my Instagram channel, they're actually know what they're going to get. They're going to learn something and they they know what to expect. There will always be dogs, uh, but there will, you know, maybe a little bit more training, training tips to dog ratio. Flip that one around, invert it a bit here. Uh, And then that, yeah, the idea of a book, you know, I've been writing this column for, you know, the first, first piece I wrote came out on the day I got married. So it was, this will be the seventh year. So, you know, that's a lot of material. There's a lot of material to mine through there. And I think I occupy a pretty valuable niche in that I work with the general population. Like I am a personal trainer. I'm not a strength coach. I'm not a a performance enhancement specialist or a physique guy. You know, I'm a personal trainer who works with regular adults you know i work with kids too but i mean the youngest client i have is probably 30 you know uh and i have up to uh, one who was seeing somebody who was in their mid 80s but uh you know i then i moved and now i don't live in toronto anymore so i haven't seen him anymore but you know i have a lot of senior clients too and i've i've realized there's such a deep market there of like people who are in their you know maybe on the cusp of the traditional retirement age who are still very active who are still who want to, who want to keep that, uh, or they want to regain what has been lost over the last uh, you know few years of adult life, and it's been uh, you know it, it's it's such a huge market. There's so much need there, and if you could change somebody's life in that way, they are going to be so grateful. They they're so happy, and like the buy-in, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to to to. So it takes a lot of work. It takes the, the work and focus is there, but it's not as if. With athletes, if they lose, maybe they're never going to work with me again. Maybe the problem right. was, oh, we need to revamp the whole trading team. You know, it's uh, not that... that's not how it works with the general population. As long as you know, my experience has been: if you give people, if you have the ed- the knowledge and you know how to deliver it, and you are, you know, there is a performative element to this job. You have to be engaging. They have to like the time they spend with you. But if you could do that. You know, I have had clients come and go, clients leave, but the majority of my clients have stuck with me for years, you know, and it's, 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 it's a great niche to occupy. I think, you know, a lot of kids get enamored or I say kids just be young people, like it could be any age, but like new people in the industry, 
They, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to work with athletes. They're super stoked. They want to work with powerlifters. They want to do the big stuff. But it's like, don't, don't turn your back on the general population. There's, it's an endless um, source of clients, and it's uh, the skills that are needed for it too. It's, it's a, it's a, they're a little more particular. Like athletes, you don't want to hurt them. Just don't hurt them. <laughs> Train them, but don't hurt them. The general population, you got to learn a little bit more. You have to uh, maybe not learn a little bit more, but I think there's a little bit more artistry to it. Um, and all of this is a roundabout way of saying that that's what I'm, oh, hang on. Battery's dying. <laughs> there we go. Back. Uh, the book I have in mind here to write is just that. It's just like, you know, working out, you know, for people who aren't gym people, here's a guide, here's an idea, here's how I train people. Here's a fitness manual for people who don't consider themselves to be gym people who think that tra- it's just a waste of time. They kind of roll their eyes. Oh God, I have to do this. And it's like, yeah. You do have to do this, but it doesn't have to suck. It can be pleasant. Exercising for life can be a joy. Like it doesn't have to be a trial. It doesn't have to be an ordeal. And I think there's been such a poor job in this industry of delivering the message of why fitness matters. Because not everybody is a CrossFit amped up, go, go, go. You got this, go, push harder. That doesn't work for a lot of people. Some people want to know that they can take breaks. Some people want to know that if after five pushups, if their arms hurt, you can stop, count to 10, and do five more. It doesn't have to be grind out five more where you look like kind of like a fish flopping on the floor and your form is all bent out of hell. And, like, that's not how it works. It's like, let's let's do what you can now and let's make it look really good. Let's have some fun with it. I Man, I love it. I mean, that is uh, – we, we've kind of had the saying, like, the blue water. We want to swim in the blue water, right? And fitness needs yes. to be in the blue water, not the yeah. bloody shark water with, you know uh, – Yeah, it, it, I heard that expression recently, and I love that, that whole blue water, red water mm-hmm. opportunities or something. Like, you know, like, yeah. what does it look like? I mean, Are you the, in a – is there a feeding frenzy of just, like, you know, ultra competitive? And maybe that's what you want. Great. Right. You know? But there's so many – there are other opportunities that exist where you can be – it's not a bad thing to be and, the only, and you know, in that, and help people. that little niche. Yeah, Those are the totally. people that, you know, that, that need it the most. We talk about the health of our countries, right? We're in two different countries, but both of them, you know, could use a little bit of help with the health, especially down here. Uh, and, well, and those are the people yeah. that need it the most. Right. You know, it's the, the people who have a hard time starting. The people who have a hard time committing, maintaining. They need – the help the most like you know the fitness industry you could argue that they've done a terrible job because it's like you know diabetes rates are sky high i mean covid has exposed a whole uh, you know really shone a light on that the idea that a lot of people who got sick and had really terrible outcomes are people who it was kind of you were a ticking time bomb maybe already like you had some pre-diabetic stuff going on you had some metabolic dysfunction maybe you were overweight already um and it's not the only reason you got sick, but it's like, and it, maybe if you weren't, maybe if you were in better shape, it's not like you would have been immune, but you know, we, we haven't really solved any of these problems. You know, the obesity crisis still exists. Diabetes is still massive and still ruining lives. Um, you know, we have to come up with a better way of reaching these people and making them stick with it. And that's kind of what I'm focusing on for the next year or so. All right. I got two, two things, two things before we go today. Number one, and this is for everyone, not just you, Paul, but this is really, this is big. Um, my social media is controlled by a 15-year-old girl. Okay. Okay. So I just don't have the time anymore to commit to Instagram, uh, Facebook, 
LinkedIn, Twitter, my YouTube page, blarp, 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 right? So I put it out there into the universe and to like a mom's group somewhere. And um, yeah, shout out to Alana. Alana. (laughs) Okay. Um, I I thought you were going to say that like that's one of your personalities, right? You got a 15-year-old girl living in (laughs) in your brain. No, it's a 19-year-old guy. It's a 19-year-old guy. Okay. That's how I think. So- no, but it was, you know, again, people are looking for either, you know, who's the best at social media? People that are younger. And, you know, there's always all these programs out there like, let me help you. Let me know. You're over 22. I don't want you to help me with my social media because I want people who can do things super fast, make it look amazing and put it out there. And yeah, I get to choose what goes where and when I post things according to algorithms. But honestly, you know, find some people, you know, that are, will be willing to work for, you know, hourly and whatever, get mm-hmm. great, you know, infra, you know, get great experience on their resume. Amazing. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is so many people have come to me, um, since the book asking about like, oh, I want to write a book and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, the biggest piece of advice for anyone is if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to do mm-hmm. it, invest in it. Do it right because all the people that have self-published and just kind of published and put it on Amazon and this and that and and don't know the business background of algorithms and whatnot, you'll you won't be searchable. Like you'll even yeah. people will try and search you and your book won't even come up unless it's done in a certain way. So and you want it to look professional. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. not professional looking things out there, and I think that that you know that just like not just for you, but for you know in the last. I don't know, a couple of years that I've been looking is just really made a difference in what clients do you want to serve? Who do you want to work with? Is yep. it, you know, um, and it matters. It all matters. So you're awesome. It matters Paul. a lot. And it's, it, 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 it's, it reminds me, you know, I don't keep my web, you know, I keep my website up to damage it before, you know, the picture was out of date, had to change it. I have a blog on my website. I don't, it's not every day updated, but I mean, I, nothing makes you lose confidence more as a consumer than if I go to someone's website and their blog was from like the last update was like 2016. Yeah. You know, why do you even have it? Get rid of it off your site. Like if you're going to be, you know, like, cause it's there to demo, you have to understand the purpose of that blog on your website is to showcase your skills so that I, as a consumer have confidence in you and I will give you my money. And if you're not even updating it on a regular basis, it may, makes me think, it's, you know, it's that it's like making the book where it doesn't look good. It's the same idea. It's like, you have to do it right. You have to make it look good. You have to make it look professional. It doesn't have to be this, you know, completely polished gem. Your website doesn't have to be, you know, every day you're sitting there doing maintenance, but like, you know, give people, you know, understand the purpose of what you're doing. This book, this, whatever it is you're trying to create your podcast, your book, your YouTube channel, Put yourself into it. Put all of yourself into it because that's going to reflect outward and that's what gives the consumers the confidence to work with you or else they're just going to think you're fly by night and find somebody else. Paul, tell us where anyone can reach you or, you know, reach out to you for anything. Instagram, websites, I keep it pretty pretty simple. So my last name could be a little, it's not that hard to spell. So it's, my last name is Landini, so it's just paullandini.com, uh, L-A-N-D-I-N-I. That's my website. So on there, you can find out. Uh, again, I have a blog that I update, you know, once a month or so. Um, you know, usually kind of just more like mental musings of sorts. It's not uh, – the blog, I feel, can be whatever I want it to be. 
uh, given that it's mine, but I do it well. I, it's not just junk. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's the best. It's almost always under the fitness banner, but I kind of talk about random subjects sometimes. Um, and then when it comes to, uh, I have Instagram. It's just Mr. Paul Landini is my handle. Um, and that is also the, my sub stack, my newsletter. It's um, just Mr. Paul Landini, uh, substack, uh, substack.com. And you can subscribe to that. I have a newsletter that I put out once a week where, um, you know, it's not huge. I don't really like getting uh, very lengthy uh, newsletters where you have to scroll for hours and hours and there's 700 links. So, you know, I try to keep it simple, five or six links, uh, stories I found throughout the week that I thought were pretty cool relating to health and fitness or well-being. Um, and that's where I, that's pretty much where I hang out on the, on, uh, online. I don't, I got rid of Facebook and Twitter um, a while ago to help with my mental health. <laughs> Good decision. Stand by it. But Instagram's cool. I like that. It's uh, it's a it's a nicer place to be, and I think the visual aspects of it really translate well to uh, the fitness world. So it's uh, it's been good. Well, Paul, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this uh, beautiful March day, and um, thank yeah. you for sharing. Thanks for having me. It was I, I love. Uh, it was great. I was very excited uh, for the opportunity. Love it. Love it, love it. All right, Brian. You ready? Let's do it. All right. With that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.